Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hi, everyone. Today on The Cinephiles, we're doing something a little bit different. Those of you who support the show on Patreon know that we occasionally record conversations about special topics that are either requested by our patrons, a response to current events, or just something that sounded like it would make for an interesting conversation. So while these discussions are generally exclusive to our Patreon supporters, we thought we'd release just a few of our favorites to give you a sense of what you're missing. So in the next couple of hours, you'll hear John and I discuss the history of cheeseburgers and what makes a great one. We'll talk with special guest Shannon McClung about what movie sequels we would take to a desert island. We'll talk about whether or not it's really possible to rank the greatest films ever made. And I interview John about the origins of The Outlaw, and he interviews me about, well, you just have to tune in to find out. So I hope you enjoy this small taste of the exclusive content we provide to our Patreon users. Just visit patreon.com slash the cinephiles to hear a whole bunch more. Oh, and one more thing. After over three years, the cinephiles finally has its own social media accounts. So as of today, you can follow us on Twitter at cinephiles, C-I-N-E underscore F-I-L-E-S, and on Instagram at the cinephiles podcast. That's cinephiles c-i-n-e underscore f-i-l-e-s on twitter and the cinephiles podcast on instagram and now without further ado i give you the cinephiles take on arguably the greatest american food invention the cheeseburger Hello, Cinephile patrons, and welcome to a special edition of the Cinephiles that we're calling The Burger Files. My name is Steve Morris, and I love cheeseburgers. hey oh, my name is John Roca, and I love cheeseburgers as well. So, so this came up like a month and a half ago, because we were doing the Iron Man podcast, yeah. and started talking about cheeseburgers, because Tony Stark, the first thing he wants when he comes back from being captured by terrorists is an American cheeseburger, and I happen to mention as we discussed cheeseburgers that I could probably do a whole podcast on cheeseburgers. Right. And then Twitter and Patreon <laughs> seem to be a lot of requests. So that is why we're here. I don't recall if you said you didn't like that he wanted cheeseburger. Like, I, I don't recall if you said he should have gotten something no, else. I, it and was, I was like, yes, of course a cheeseburger makes sense. No, I love cheeseburgers. Okay. And that's fantastic. It's that he chose a Burger King cheeseburger. Ah, that was your issue. Yeah, which is like mm. of all the cheeseburgers in the world, right. why would you choose Burger King? And what we found out, of course, yeah. is that there is a, some connection, which now I can't remember exactly what it is, between Robert Downey Jr.'s recovery right. uh, and sobriety oh. and Burger King. King. And oh, so that it was significant to him. And yeah. that is why he made sure that it was Burger King that he was eating for Tony Stark. Wow. Which, well, that's great. That's a great reason. Mm-hmm. I still fundamentally disagree with the choice of cheeseburger. <laughs> and you don't know the healing power of a Whopper, man. Listen. With cheese. I, I, I can accept it. <laughs> But I still go back to like, is that really the best that we can do cheeseburger wise? Well, that's fair. There might have been some tie in too to the movie as well. Some oh, I, I, I'm sure Burger I'm King sure. was very happy about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and that's something that certainly goes on in films all the time. Yeah. But we're here to talk about cheeseburgers in general, and so I have I've I've done some research okay. as you would expect, of course. Um, and and the, and the first thing. Uh, 
that I want to talk about that surprised me is that the cheeseburger in particular, but the hamburger in general, fairly recent invention. Really? Yeah, probably it's a little bit vague. It was not the Earl of Sandwich? No, no, no. It was a post-Earl of Sandwich. Okay. And probably got invented in the United... I mean, there were sausages and various chopped sure. meat foods, but the hamburger as we know it, probably like the 1880s. Wow. Yeah, and there are a bunch of different claims. Probably the most important claim is Lewis's lunch in New Haven, Connecticut okay. in the 1880s. And then the big place that it took off is at the 1904 St. Louis World's Fair. And it was the hot food of the World's Fair, and it swept the country after that. Wow. So that's not that long ago. No, no, it's true. Yeah, and the cheeseburger is even later. Wow. The cheeseburger's like in the 20s. Isn't that strange? When was cheese invented? Oh, cheese is old. Cheese well, is really, really what, old. Uh, no one thought to put cheese on top of meat and see what that would taste like? Well, I think they, but they didn't, but on ground meat, yeah. grilled, with melted cheese on top, on bread, yeah. that's the 1920s. Yeah, because it's fascinating to me, because I see all these cooking shows now, and they put stuff on top of stuff I would have never considered putting together. <laughs> but I guess back then, it wasn't quite as, uh, you'd have to be pretty elite to be able to afford to put ingredients and mess around and cook and stuff like that, I yeah. would imagine so. Yeah, that's true. And right. Well, and we live in a world where experiment, experimenting with food is high culture and, and pop culture. Yeah, we have you know, two or three networks dedicated yeah, that to it. Yeah, that are devoted to it. Yeah. yeah, so it's the 1920s. And I ha- I've been thinking a bunch about what makes a cheeseburger special, what okay. makes a hamburger itself special, and I have a theory that I would like to lay out for you. Please. So here's the thing is that it, for those people who cook, there is always trade-offs in cooking beef. Beef has, depending on what cuts of beef you choose, there are different things you get out of it. So if you have steak, one of the great things about steaks, you can cook them really fast. You get a great contrast between nice hard sear on the outside and then it's tender, maybe medium rare if I had it on the inside. <laughs> and and the um, But you still have to make some choices. So if you want the most flavorful cut, you might want to get a New York steak, but right. a New York's going to be tougher. Whereas if you want something really tender, you might want to get a filet, but a filet is not going to have the flavor that a New York has. Mm. So you're always making a choice. And the other, and the big tr- uh, compromise with steak is it's really freaking expensive. Yeah. So we can't afford to go out and buy a delicious steak all the time. It costs right. a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So they're a bunch of cheaper cuts of meat, but you can't cook them fast. Like if you took a, a roast or some ribs and you threw them on a grill in high heat like you did with a steak, they would be inedible. They would yeah. be so tough you couldn't even chew them. Because those meats, you have to cook them really slow, and then the collagens and the fat in the meat will melt, and that acts as a tenderizer, and after two, four, six hours, you get a beautiful, tender piece of meat. Wow. But you can't cook it fast. And those meats are really, really flavorful, Mm -hmm. but because you cook them so slow, you're not going to have the contrast between that hard sear and that nice medium rare inside you get on a steak. So we have all of these things where you're like, well, I want tender and flavor, and the hard sear and cheap, yeah. I'm in pro- I'm in real trouble. What solves that for us? It's a burger, a cheeseburger, a yeah, burger, just right. a burger. Yeah, ground meat because because it's ground up, it's automatically tender. You, mm-hmm. It's impossible to have ground meat and be tough. Right, and because it's ground up, we can take different kinds of cuts of meat. And put them together so we can get all that flavor from one kind of meat. We can get the fat content we want somewhere else. Mm-hmm. We can cook it really hot, really hot, get that nice hard sear, and get a contrast of flavor. It solves all of our problems. Yeah. That's what a burger gives us. And then, of course, you add bread and you add cheese, you're off to the races. Right. Well, and this is fascinating to me because, I mean, Italy was doing meatballs, I imagine, right? And sure. spaghetti. So nobody thought to just smash that meatball into a patty and cook that and maybe... Eat that? I don't know. That's interesting to me. Well, well but a meatball's cooked differently because a meatball is cooked in an oven. It's not cooked on a grill, and it's cooked slow. Maybe the way and, you do it. Well, okay. Oh, you mean on a grill? That's well, fair. Or, yeah. No, okay. Or, or, or a griddle. 
Like a meatball stew. Yeah, yeah, you don't cook a meatball. I mean, you, you might sear it in a pan. <laughs> I'm a terrible cook, Steve. <laughs> well, do you make meatballs from scratch? I don't know. I buy them from the store. Well, they're already made, though. <laughs> yeah, Those they have are. Already been... I, I just thought in my mind they made yeah. them on top of... Because my mom makes meatballs on, in a pan. My mm-hmm. mom has never cooked meatballs in an oven. Well, you can cook meatballs in a pan. Yeah, she cooks them in a pan, and they're really great. Well, I'm sure. I'm not, I'm, 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 no it. disrespect to your no, mom's No, no, of course not. No, no, no. But I've never done it, so... This is interesting. I just didn't think I would. Well, and meatballs wonder. are frequently uh, used to stretch meat because I don't know what your mom does, mm. but frequently they'll put a, uh, like breadcrumbs in it. Yes. Or an egg as a binder to yeah. hold it together. Mom does that. And then, and then and a meatball generally is going to be cooked through. So yeah. the doneness on the outside will go all the way through the whole thing. Well, I like my, my, I like my burger cooked through. You like it well. Oh, Medium well. well. Medium well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I disagree, but you have well, the right. Of course, to, you disagree. Yeah, you have the right to cook your burger however you want. <laughs> Damn right. Um, and then there's one more thing yeah. that I was thinking about: is that in order to discuss a cheeseburger, yeah. I believe we have to divide them into different categories. Ooh. Because I and I've kind of come up with three different categories, and because okay. it's not fair to contrast like a fast food burger with a twenty dollar burger at a restaurant, sure. Because they're doing different jobs. Mm-hmm. So there's the fast food burger, which is generally a thin patty, and it's generally cooked through. Like, there's okay. no change in doneness from inside to out. Right. And it doesn't really matter. Uh, inexpensive. And, and for that, like, I don't think you can beat In-N-Out. Mm-hmm. In-N-Out as a fast food burger is great. You don't you think know? you can beat In-N-Out? Yeah, I think it's one of the best ones around. I take umbrage with that. Five you know, Guys is fantastic phenomenal. burger. Uh, yeah, yeah. Five Guys is almost going over towards a restaurant burger. It's a yes. thick, thicker patty. Yeah. But yes, I agree. Five Guys is fantastic. I'm a bigger fan of the thicker patty, which is why sometimes I'll get a double and remove the middle bread. Right. I will do that because right. I, I enjoy a double. Well, where do you get thick... middle bread? There's only well the Big Mac. Yeah, right. Yeah, but that's the, there's not a lot of places that do middle bread. Other no, than no, you're right, right. Like yeah. Wendy's does the double. Yeah, Hardee's or uh, Carl's Jr. Whatever you like. Sure. But Carl's Jr. also has the Angus or the uh, six dollar burger, right. which is a thicker cut of meat. Well, and that's going more towards what I would say is the next category, right. which would be like a restaurant burger. Uh-huh. Now you might have a difference in doneness. You got a thicker piece of meat. Right. The meat's maybe a better quality. One would hope. Um, and then the, the third category, I'd say, is, is a newer one, which is like the artisanal burger, which is like that father's office burger. Right. It's like, you know, if you go somewhere and you get, oh, lamb with harissa seasoning and, uh, and cucumber and feta, that's like an art. That's going to a whole other realm. Right. You know. Well, Timmy Nolan's, which is a place up in the valley oh, here yeah, in sure. L.A., they have a half Angus beef, half or no, half steak, half like ground meat burger. Right. Like it's a combo. That's right. fantastic. Well, that's what I'm saying is that you can yeah. take two different cuts of meat yeah. and get different properties from these meats and mm. give you different flavors. It's really good. There's a place in Pasadena that has a half ground beef, half bacon burger. That is not good for your arteries. What? But it is very tasty. Well, not sure. Well, not if, yeah. you, well, not if you eat it every day, it's not good for your arteries. Maybe once in a while. Oh, sure. Come sure. on now. Listen, you're not gonna, <laughs> well, I'm not going to argue that one shouldn't have a burger every once in a while. <laughs> yes. So let me ask you this. If yes. you're going out for a burger. Mm-hmm. What are you having on it? What, describe your perfect burger. Oh, yeah. This, came, this has been an experimentation of years of enjoying burgers and tasting burgers of different iterations and different, from different places. But my ultimate burger is a thick cut of meat mm-hmm. with a cheddar cheese or an yes. American cheese, but yes. a, a, like authentic American cheese, like not that craft singles crap, like actual cheese uh, with bacon. 
I don't know what authentic American cheese means. Like, I just mean it isn't like processed. Like, well, that is what American cheese. Well, is. how can I say this correctly? It's not a cheap cut of cheese. How would I okay. say that? Yeah. All right. Like you can like it's like you, there's cheese you can get off a block. Yeah. And there's cheese you can get wrapped in singles in plastic. Like right. what Kraft does. Another thing, it's Kraft. Like if you can do it, it's a fine company. Whatever. Yeah. It's, of course, it's, if they want to sponsor the cinephiles, we'd probably be cool. Yeah, absolutely. I'd have it all. Yeah. But like, if you're asking me what my ultimate choice is, that absolutely. yeah. So it's like so it's almost like what is that kind of cheddar that's. Um, I, I guess I'll come back to it when I remember it, but it's a, it's a nice cut of cheddar on top, uh, melted on with bacon. Um, mm-hmm. and we're, we're right aligned, by the way. Yeah, and fried egg. Oh, yeah. I love the fried egg with lettuce and tomato. I can't do Thousand Island anymore hmm. or mayonnaise or any kind of special sauce. How come? Because it makes me go to the bathroom immediately. <laughs> That's no good. That's terrible. That's no I mean, like, I'm spending 15 bucks to go right to the bathroom. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. So I, I like. So it's Big Macs are a luxury to me now. I because... can't do those. Those just make me feel sick. <laughs> right. Yeah. Except for those are luxury for me. Like every once in a while, every few months, I'll get a late night a grum, a, like a, a hang- hankering for a Big Mac, and I will go at like 1 a.m. and grab a Big Mac and just eat that thing and then yeah. work out the next day. But like, that's my ultimate: is a nice cut of meat, and I like the ciabatta bread. Or mm-hmm. I like um, a wheat or a sesame bread mm. uh, with my burger. Like, that's a fantastic burger for me. And I like the egg to be cooked sunny side up. So when so I bite little... into it, the yolk drips yeah. all over it. Yeah. And then I'll put ketchup and mustard on the burger as well. Gotcha. Okay. With lettuce and tomato. Yeah. And maybe if you want one of those onions, the caramel onions or whatever. Caramelized they, onions? Caramelized onions. Some that's nice the only luxury I allow myself. <laughs> the caramelized onions. The caramelized onions. <laughs> I have to be in the mood for that. Okay. Um, so you, it's fine. For, well, for me, well, first okay. of all, just thinking about McDonald's, yes. just for a moment, and I love McDonald's as sure, a kid, sure. And I still can, like, right now, I can sense that, like, oh, McDonald's course. flavor it never goes away. I've kind of gotten to the point where I go, like, that's not a burger. That's just McDonald's. Ooh. It's sort of its own food. It doesn't almost. It doesn't almost go into these categories. Wow. Because it's so just McDonald's. You don't think it's in the first category of burgers? Well, I, it's. I mean, you know, I don't want to get an argument about categories, but it's just. It's so. McDonald's, like a a Wendy's burger and a Burger King burger mm-hmm. and a Carl's Jr. burger, are all recognizably burgers. They are there, and there's like because they're frozen patties. Whereas that McDonald's meat mm-hmm. is McDonald's meat. It it has no relationship to anything <laughs> else. It is its own, and I I I like eating it. it tastes good. It makes me feel sick. I'm going to allow you this sacrilege. <laughs> Go ahead. Yes. So, but my perfect burger. <laughs> yes. So with you, I'm you and I are very simpatico for most of it, which is a thick burger for me, medium rare. Yeah. Um, the uh, the, the bun is very important. There's been a lot of movement towards these uh, very sweet, very spongy buns that yeah, I don't like bad. as much. No, mm. I don't like them as like much. Like the Hawaiian, King's Hawaiian yeah, bread or whatever. Because I think because my burger is going to be juicy and I need my bun to stand up to the juicy burger. If it's too <laughs> sweet and too mushy, it's all going to become like a sponge and sure. I don't like that so much. Okay. So ciabatta is a nice one. I like an English muffin as Ooh, a bun for a burger. Wow. Very nice, yeah. Cheddar cheese, 100% with you. A yep. good, maybe sharp cheddar, bacon. Mm-hmm. Bake the contrast with the bacon and the burger. That is a beautiful thing. Yes. For me, I do want uh, mayonnaise and ketchup or Thousand Island I like a lot. I don't mm-hmm. have your particular issue. Yeah, I wish I didn't. And uh, pickles and onions. Don't... Oh, pickles. Yeah. Yes. Pickles on mine. Yeah. No onions. I cannot yeah. do onions. I love the onions. And I don't like tomatoes on a burger. Wow. Yeah, I don't like. I generally don't like fruit on mm-hmm. my sandwiches. That's not a fruit. The tomatoes are fruit. I don't care what anyone says. It's not a fucking fruit. People okay. have been saying this for years. They can classify it whatever they want. That's a damn vegetable. That is a vegetable. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> fruit has a very clear definition. <laughs> Anything that has seeds in it is a fruit. I push back against Pumpkins, it. avocados, cucumbers, 
bell peppers. Avocado's not fruit. That's a vegetable. It's a fruit. But this is ridiculous. This is a whole other <laughs> Patreon discussion. All right, so, so you can now request <laughs> if you want to discuss what's a fruit and what's a vegetable. Um, so, Tomato is not a fruit. All right, anyway, go ahead. So go. That's, what we, that's what I think about burgers. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, I'd love to hear what you think about burgers. <laughs> if you want to, you wanna, wait, you wait, know. you can't wrap this up this okay. quick. What are your favorite places to go to get, like, what are the restaurants, like, recommend? Okay. Like, Guy Fieri, recommend a place that you like here so in I LA. So, I think we hit a couple of them. Four. It's like on the fast food level, sure. I think Five Guys, In-N-Out, and Shake Shack are fantastic. Ooh, Shake Shack. I've Shake, never had Shake Shack. Oh, it's really good. Okay. Shake Shack is really good. All right. Oh, and if, like, if you're in Los Angeles, the Apple Pan, or not the Apple Pan, Apple Pan's really good in uh, Century City, but yes. I was, what I actually meant to say is Pie and Burger out in Pasadena Ooh. is a fantastic, it's just sort of right above that fast food level, and Ooh. it's an old... You know, fifties kind of diner place. Oh, Great, go there. Fantastic pie, fantastic burgers. Okay. It's sort of the next level up for me. Father's mm-hmm. Office, obviously, is yeah. great. Castles, I think I mentioned when we talked about Iron Man. Right. 25 Degrees in Hollywood makes a great, great burger. Okay. That's that sort of like, are going to get a great piece of meat and thicker yeah. and all that stuff. Um, Father's Office kind of goes into that more artisanal place. Sure. And I'm not, uh, I'm not having a... One popping in my mind is what would be that great sort of artisanal burger right, right. now. But there are a bunch of them, particularly yeah. in Los Angeles. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm a fan of, uh, like Steve said, I'm a fan of In-N-Out. I'm a fan of Five Guys. Uh, I do enjoy here Charlie's, which is over here at the Grove in the Farmer's Market. Oh, I haven't had that. They have a fantastic burger that the LA Times covered in a two-page article mm. Mm. about the kind of burgers that they make over at Charlie's. They make a hell of a breakfast, but that burger is to die for. Their bacon cheeseburger is everything. I do love Father's Office. I also like to go to Stout. Stout's, Stout has a really, for that egg yeah. thing, particularly with that egg. Yes. Which I don't love, but I appreciate why other people do. <laughs> I don't love avocado on my burgers. I don't either. I don't get the logic of that yeah. at all. I never have, an, or pineapple. No. You're starting to fuck with me at that point, and I have no desire to do that. Yeah. Um, let's see. What else? Oh, up the Timmy Nolan's, as I mentioned, has a fantastic right, a burger. burger. And then um, where else have we been? Oh. Uh, you said Irv's, I remember you mentioned before. Yeah, Irv's is like. fantastic. Golden Road. Oh, they, right up the street here. They yes. have a great burger. They have a fantastic good, good burger. Really good stuff there. So like, if you're going to L.A., I definitely recommend, if you're going to come to L.A., rather, I de- definitely re- Oh, and the Oyster. The Oyster does really a good. fantastic really good. Uh, burger. So these are the places that you can go and visit and enjoy burgers. And, and then, yeah, like Steve said, let us know what you think. Because yeah. if you come to L.A. or there's great places around your area, what you recommend. Because Steve and I travel every once in a while. So it would be nice to like find yourself in the city and go, let me try this place out. Oh, yeah. Let me know. Because I have a, on my Yelp app, I have things bookmarked all over the world to try <laughs> That's awesome. when I hear about them. Okay, so uh, again, all of our patrons, thank you very, very much for your support. It is very much appreciated. We're going to do more of these, so if things come up either on our shows or come up in our discussions on Twitter or on, on Patreon, you know, let us know and we'll, we'll try to do a little mini podcast about it. All right, thanks, and we'll see you back on the regular show. John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old, and this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You could create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap, or even my favorite Marvel character of all time, Daredevil. Your goal is to power up those characters, unlock gear, and use them to compete in player versus player mode, alliance mode, and real-time arena. Yeah, Stephen, as we speak, they are enjoying their six-year anniversary. Six years, wow. And you know what that means? 
free stuff just for signing up via their unique link in the description. The anniversary consists of weekly events and bonuses. If you complete each event, you can receive special rewards and skins. Completing every single mission throughout the entire anniversary will result in an even more special reward. Make sure to log in each day and each week to take advantage of all the new characters that are being released specifically for this event. This will be Marvel Strike Force's most generous event to date, so don't miss out, y'all. Check out that unique promo code, and for every new user, please follow our link in the description and use the promo code MAXPOOL. Once again, thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hello, Patreons. You know, we were just sitting here about to record a cinephile episode with our special guest, Shannon McClung, and just kind of shooting the shit, we started talking about sequels and what sequel you would take on a desert island. And this started because the movie we're about to record is The Terminator, and we were talking about Terminator 2 versus Aliens. Yeah. Uh, And what was it? John, I don't remember. What was your opinion? I said, if if you could take one sequel between Terminator 2... And aliens, if you're stuck on a deserted island, which would be the sequel you would take with you that you could watch over and over and over again? Right. And you both said... Terminator 2. Terminator 2. Terminator 2. And I said aliens. Because yeah. I don't have Edward Furlong annoying the shit out of me like he does in Terminator yeah. 2. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that! Stop right. it! Right. But then we started to go, wait, can we have any sequel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we start, of course. Because we're cinephiles. We have to expand the list. You know? And you immediately made a face... Yes. That was the Godfather face. Godfather Part 2. That's just my default. But then as I thought about it more, I'm like, well, dude, would I want to watch this very serious three-hour movie every day? Like, my only option is to watch this very serious three-hour movie about betrayal and brothers being killed and all this, and Meyer Lansky and all this kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's arguably the greatest sequel ever, ever made. Yes, yes. If one were to do a top ten list. Yeah, but I'm not trying to show off. You know, you do that. In Catholic, <laughs> I don't know, you, you, I don't know, Steve, you're Jewish, but in Catholic school, they're like, if the, when you're growing up in Catholic school, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if your house was on fire, what are the three things you would take? Right. And I always try to kiss the teacher's ass by saying my Bible. I would always <laughs> take my Bible. And I think taking Godfather Part Two is like taking my Bible That's, out yes, of the fire. Yes, yes. Aren't <laughs> you a, a special cinephile? Yeah, and I a special cinephile. Well, right. and then we started to open it up, and, 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 and then I forget what the next one you said was. Well, I said Last Crusade. Last Crusade. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Because at least, I mean, that's an optimistic film. Yes. Uh, you know, riding off into the sunset. To me, that's, that's much more of a desert island movie, because you would want your spirits to be kept up. And I think okay. Godfather 2 would make me want to go choke, my, choke on a coconut. Well, oh, so, so, you fair. know, since, since you're, you have the choice between murdering your brother yes. and reuniting with your father, right. it seems like that's kind of a better place to end. <laughs> I suppose and, so. And of course, for me, my brain went right to Wrath of Khan. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, Star Trek is so huge. And, and this is the thing I think about this is a lot of it is what was your movie? I mean, yeah. what was, you know, like... Back in the day when I had more time, I would go to the video store mm-hmm. and rent three movies. Right. And there were some movies that I would rent over and over and over again. Oh, yeah. 
and Godfather 2 was not one of them, no. although it was a great movie. <laughs> I would rent Big Trouble in Little China over and over again. I would wow. rent Terminator 2 over and over and over again. The okay. Sure Thing I would rent over and over again. Princess Bride I would rent over and over right. again. Right. Yeah. So I want something. If I'm going to watch it all the time, yeah. it's got to give me some joy. And what about uh, Empire Strikes Back? Um, yeah. I love Empire Strikes Back. I, I mean, I would think that it... For me, it's a better sequel than Godfather Part Two because I grew up with Star Wars. I didn't. I didn't discover Godfather Two until I was well into my teens. You don't mean in terms of quality. You just mean in terms of enjoyment. I would say in terms of enjoyment or in terms of quality. I mean, to this day, I mean, wow. you put Godfather versus Godfather Part Two, as we were talking about yeah. before. I take the Godfather. I right. think the Godfather is a more satisfying film. Right. Um, Godfather Part Two because I didn't see him. So that long ago, I mean, okay. 10, 10, 10, 15 years ago. Right. And when I saw them both, I was like, huh, I don't get it. I like The Godfather right. more. Oh, huh, interesting. I, I, in terms of liking, it's me too. Wow. In terms of a better film, that's a different question. You know, because yeah. they're movies that you like. Like, I like to watch The Godfather. Yeah. But Godfather 2 is like, oh, okay. Here we, it's going to be a lot. A yeah, lot see, of stuff to do with. <laughs> but I think that's why I'm alone, because I'm a difficult, complicated that's person. That's why you're on the desert and, island. And that's why I'm on alone on the desert island <laughs> with Godfather Part 2, because that's, that's the reflects who I am. That's the part of the story that we're, we're leaving out, is why John <laughs> why is on this island by himself. <laughs> you know what? Because I pissed off my girlfriend at the time, and she left me on the ship. She <laughs> left me on the island. Uh, no, what about, there's some other sequels. Now, what about Hell Knight? Oh, I mean, Dark Knight. The Dark Knight. Oh, Dark Knight. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. The Joker. Well, so, because that movie has th- great action sequences, yeah. great superhero stuff. It is dark. Arguably the best villain in any superhero comic book movie ever. I, arguably, without, without a doubt. I, yeah. yeah, without a doubt. yeah I, okay. I, we don't have to have an argument on that. Oh, fair. Yeah. I All mean, right. I, think, I think arguably the Joker is the greatest comic book villain in comics. Right. And now we have the greatest portrayal of the greatest comic book villain. I think we're doing really well. Don't tell Kalinowski that. He will not agree with you. He the, does not think the Joker is a good villain He thinks at all. the Joker has, is, over, is overdone. He should be fired off DC Movie News for <laughs> saying that. But that's <laughs> well, my opinion. Well, just as I would say Shakespeare might be the greatest uh, playwright in the yep. history of the world and is also the most overdone playwright. You know, I mean, because there's Shakespeare festivals all over the world. Right. They're not Shaw festivals or O'Neill, very few O'Neill festivals, right. you know. And so, yeah, there is a lot of the Joker. So I, 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 I might go with Kalinowski uh-huh. that there's a lot of the Joker, but I will not go with him. He is the greatest comic book villain, period. Yeah. I, I can, no one compares. But on screen, we all said the Joker. Heath, yes. Heath Ledger's the Joker. It's fantastic. Who would you say is number two? Of the Joker portrayals? No, no, of, of comic book villains. Oh, comic book villains. Ooh, this is interesting. Comic book villains. Uh, number two comic well, well, there has been... Well, I mean, I thought uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman is, is unparalleled until I saw Anne Hathaway do a really good version of Catwoman in Dark Knight Rises. Mm-hmm. So, um, I mean, Batman has a great rogues gallery, yeah. period. Right. Like, you know, as opposed to Superman, who does not, you know? <laughs> Um, we've got several good Spider-Man villains. I'm kind of thinking through it a little bit. Uh, I don't think there's anything that Magneto. Com- I'm going with Magneto. Oh, Ian McKellen nice. or Michael Fassbender? They're both great, but I, t- I go with uh, Ian McKellen okay. slightly yeah. more. I like them both. We yeah. have future Charles, don't them? Oh, there we go. What a, okay, if you're going with sequel, what about Captain America Winter Soldier? That's a sequel. That's a great sequel. Ooh. That is a really good one. And there's Civil War. And it's, well, there's Civil War, too. Captain America Civil War is a sequel. Oh, man. Yeah, see, all that's of a, a sudden, a, the plot thickens. That's a wrench. I'm still sticking with Wrath of Khan because of my okay. love for Star Trek. I, I respect but, that. But those, those Cap sequels are great. <laughs> and They're Rocky really Four. 
Rocky Four is a possibility. Rocky Three? No, because Rocky Four would make me want to watch Rocky One because Rocky One oh. is my favorite. Oh, it really is. Rocky One is your favorite of the, the all. Oh, without question. Understood. I, I think it's the best one, and Creed being second. I but agree. Rocky Four is the most rewatchable one for me. With yeah. with Rocky Three, real close. Yeah, yeah. Because I think at that point they'd gotten into the sort of pop culture machine. Yes. And the pace, like it's just a perfectly paced movie. Rocky Four is great candy. Rocky right. makes me cry. You okay. know, like there's just no, the the, oh, the heart in Rocky. I mean, we talked about when we did yes, the podcast. We did. It just means so much to me. What about Lord of the Rings? Any Lord of the Rings? I would say Sequels. Return of the. You know, I think Fellowship of the Ring is the best movie. Return right. of the King. I think probably takes the longest. So if you're trying to kill time on the desert island. <laughs> well, we're trying to kill time. <laughs> <laughs> See, Shannon likes to do this. Yeah. He likes to change the hypotheticals to fit his <laughs> point of view what he would be doing. <laughs> He's like, no, that's not what I handed you. That's not what I handed you. Because um, I think those movies, I, they're good. I like on every few years, we'll take a, a, a week and watch all of the extended editions as like a miniseries. Wow. I think that's not as movies, but like six, six one and a half hour long things over many nights. I'd like that a lot. But watching one of them, eh. Yeah. I don't care that much. I wish I loved them as much as other people do. I just don't. And have you done the extended ones too? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Yeah, what, what doing the TBD testing job? Oh right, we yeah, we both the, had, we had to watch those. Yeah. Those, those can those can be a slog. Those are three hours. That's what I'm longer. saying. As hour and a half movies, they're pretty good. Yes, um, but the other thing, the thing that blew me away about those movies is when we did that DVD. When we did the DVD, yeah, was I because I worked on that for two months. Yeah, that's all I did, and so I watched every bonus feature, every commentary track. And I really, those are among the most impressive movies in terms of filmmaking. Yes. And they're the big, like, if you want just, you know, if you like listening to Cinephiles for the film school aspect, yeah. go watch, watch the, the commentary track on, with Peter Jackson and, and Fran and whatever the other woman's name is, the two writers. Yeah. Um, it is so much film school. It mm-hmm. is so instructive about movie making and they explain their thought process and how they were doing everything it's amazing yeah you know what's interesting is after because i mean I, I do really enjoy the lord of the rings films i mean i do think the extended editions are an effort yeah. but after having watched the three of them and then when king kong came out peter jackson's king kong i was so excited for that movie but within the first hour i was like oh man he doesn't have any more he doesn't have any more tricks up his yep. like yeah. he, everything that he had we saw in Lord of the Rings, which mm-hmm. I think is also a reason I didn't really enjoy the Hobbit films. I'm like, yeah, you, I never even saw the third one. Oh, it's not. Yeah, you, you didn't yeah. miss much. What? Oh, yes, you did. The third the, one. Disagree. I love those films. I have never seen the third one. This is a bone of contention at Collider, but people because people hate me for loving the Hobbit films over the Lord of the Rings films is because I can't stand Sean Astin whining for nine hours. I just fucking. Can't stand it. The Hobbit <laughs> is about dwarves. It's about men. And I love that. That's men handling men's stuff, getting caught up with greed and all this kind of shit. But I like that more than Hobbit's going, we're going to make it up the mountain, Mr. Frodo. I just, I really can't. It drives me out of my fucking mind. And I, I, and I don't begrudge anybody loving those films. Like I said, I wish I loved those films as much as everybody else does. But for me, it's just, it's just not my thing, man. So I have one more question before we wrap this up. Sure, sure, sure. It just occurred to me. It is a silly question. But <laughs> for, for some reason, we're going to this desert island. Yes. And you've decided we're that We're not the, going to. We've been stranded. We're, you're stranded on the desert island. Yeah. And for some reason, you, you've decided that you needed the most manly movie possible. So oh. You, so you wanted the, you know, you talked about the manly dwarves. Yes. So now you have to pick the most manly movie you can think of. <laughs> I don't know why we want to do this. <laughs> yeah. But it just, so I what is it. the most manly movie you could bring to this desert island? 
Oh, man. I have an answer, but I want to wait I, for you I have guys. one, too. Okay. Well, um, well, the first one that occurred to me is Predator. It's a lot of testosterone. That B-movie. <laughs> <laughs> people argued that it's not a B-movie. And then I showed them the gif of Carl Weathers and Schwarzenegger clapping, clasping hands with the biceps <laughs> prominently featured. That's a fucking B-movie. No A-movie is doing that fucking move. Anyway, no, my answer is 300. Oh, yeah. Bar that none. Is, that That's is the manliness. most manly movie for me. That, that popped into my head, but with my, you know, want to change the narrative. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> manly, but also is inspiring me to survive. I would pick The Edge. Oh, Alec Baldwin, really? I like that movie a lot. Interesting yeah, choice, like man. Yeah, and yeah, it has yeah. some useful little tidbits. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> to survive in yeah. nature. Man, All right. Bears. So uh, that, was, that was just something that comes up when Shannon, John, and I are hanging out. And if you want to add something to the conversation, definitely post your comments on Patreon. We'd love to hear what, you th- what, what sequel are you bringing to the Desert Island and what manly movie do you want um, <laughs> on the desert island with you. Help <laughs> yeah. you work out. Why, so you, survive why, why you want that? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. We're very grateful as always for all your support, and uh, we'll see you on the regular cinephiles. Hello, Patreons, and welcome back to the p- special Patreon edition of the cinephiles. My name is Steve Morris. Hello, everyone. My name is John Roca, and I'm full of ribs <laughs> that Steve just made for us in his new pressure cooker. Uh, so I'm just, I've got all this energy and I got my Coke Zero, so I'm ready to go. You are, you are proteined up. <laughs> I proteined up. Where are the weights? And we were talking, you know, it's funny. We, we've done a bunch of movies lately that are listed the best of this and the best of we, that, including, of course, Citizen Kane, uh, which is at the top of so many of these lists. And we just did The Dark Knight, which a lot of people put at the top of their superhero list. Yeah. We did one of my favorites that you Patreons get to find out is coming up, which is Lawrence of Arabia, yeah. which also tops a lot of these lists. And this got me thinking about lists mm-hmm. is that there are all these things out there where people are ranking things and it's a, something i find a little always a little bit troubling and i realize that i have sitting here <laughs> a professional top 10 maker and I, I wanted to find out like how do you every week do this thing of figuring out how you're going to put something on a list you know it's a really odd thing because steve i'm not always the most organized person no. No, yes, you might find this hard to believe. But when it comes to lists, I've always been able to rank things. Like it's been yeah. really important to me. And I don't know if it's because I was always a big fan of sports, even as a kid. Sure. So they rank things, you know, a top team, this division standings, you know, the idea of the best team, like top eight teams get into the playoffs in the NBA, those kinds of things. I've always just had it in my head. Hockey the same way, soccer the same way, and right. also when baseball is only two or th- at the time it was only what the division winners that got into the playoffs and the occasional then they started doing the wild, wild card, card you'd have yeah. the wild card those kinds of things and then you got the rankings in college basketball which are really big right, right? you have the top twenty five and, and then you get, and you go into and you go into the NCAA yeah. so now you got brackets and and- you got brackets right exactly the whole nine so <clears throat> all I can tell you is for me. Making lists has always been like second nature. So this idea of top 10 is like, it's really important to me. The top 10 of anything. It's just very important to me for you to know what your top 10 are. And I find as I've gone through life that some people are really intimidated by making lists of things because they think if I put it in, if I rank it, I'm hurting the feelings of anything that I'm putting below it. Or if I'm not ranking it high enough, it might look bad. 
the people are very like I, I asked. I recently was on a date with a with a a, a young lady, and uh, I asked. I said, "What's your like? What's your top five favorite movies?" And she's like, "Oh my god, I can't <laughs> even top five. And she goes, "No one's. Do you know that?" I go, "Well, yeah." And then I rattled them <laughs> off, and she goes, "What?" How could Did you, you say, that? like, have you heard my podcast? Yeah, right, exactly. Well, we hadn't got to that point, but yes. And then I told her about it. I said, well, that didn't make sense. But no, for me, it always was, it was uh, second nature. So when the idea of Top Ten came up, Matt is uh, Matt, Matt is the one that worries about his lists more than I do. Matt is working on his list up until we start to record. So right. for me, it's just always been a natural thing. Yeah, for, it's, so, it's so funny because I, I don't know if I'd ever thought of it as... I'm worried about the feelings of the movie that I might, you know, <laughs> insult. I don't really think that way. I I have, I mean, certainly I do think about like, what will other people think? That yeah, that's that's popped into my mind. But more for me, like my my issue with it is I always go like, well, how can we be definitive? How are we defining our terms? Like, how can we be scientifically <laughs> proving that this is greater than this? Right. Though it was funny when we when we talked about doing this. I was thinking about there's a uh, the, there's a hamburger place down the hill from us, mm-hmm. and it's your basic kind of greasy spoon place, and they've had a big sign on the you know on the on the big sign that says best burgers in L.A. for years. Sure, and every time I drive by, I go according to who, right? Like, and 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 it really bothers me that anybody can say that this is the best one without any like scientific data <laughs> to back that up. Like, you say I make the I make the best ribs in the world. Right. Like I can say that. Sure. No, I don't think that I do. Because and I and I would never say such a thing. No, I thought those were tasty ribs. They were fantastic. But but like to it's like you we need to have some standards. Like I'm always like, well, it, it was funny. I was thinking about top ten show. Yeah. And um there is a thing that you do on the show, which when you first started doing it, I was like, I strongly disagree with this. <laughs> and and I've come to realize why. I am wrong, and that what you are doing is exactly right for the show. And this is what it is: you choose not to define your terms. Yes. Before you break up, you you pick like best sports movies or best biopic or best whatever, and then you and Matt go and and how you define that, whether we include documentaries or whether this has to be based on real life or not based on real life or mm-hmm. or or whatever it is. And to me, like, well, of course we have to define our terms if we're doing any kind of scientific study to determine the best possible list. One must specifically agree on what experiment we're running here yeah. and that way we can do it and that is better for being scientifically accurate mm-hmm. but worse for the show right the show is better because you don't define your terms because what's and this is the thing about lists is like you know we talk about like the afi list any of your top 10 lists mm-hmm. collider puts out like they just put out superhero lists yes. and all this stuff part of the fun of lists is not agreeing with them yes that is part of the fun of course our highest viewed in this you bring up the collider top 50 superhero films our highest viewed videos were the ones where people were upset that that film was ranked so high wonder woman got a crap ton of crap for uh being that high yet it is one of the most highly viewed videos we've ever done and because people love to debate that's another reason why lists are so much fun it's great to debate them and yes people can get emotional and have terrible responses but it's fun to debate because it's all subjective. And I bring you back to the burger guy. He thinks they're the best burgers in town. That's his right to say so because it's a subjective thing for him to say. Well, he might not he even think they that. are. Well, he he, might he just wants people to buy his burgers. Oh, sure, sure. Maybe sure. he it's thinks that. Look, I've had the burger. It's fine. 
<laughs> yes, fine. But that's your subjective feeling about it. He may see his burgers are these no, are incredible. I have, we I have and we have established this on Patreon. Yeah. I have clear burger standards. Oh, I yes, am not do. merely subjective. You are well. Have, yes. Okay. Well, fine. sure we are. But, You're a little but, more knowledgeable, I would say. Yes. Well, I think. Well, this is like this is like what we talked about B movies. Yeah. We had this conversation oh, about yes. what is a classic. Yes. Is that for me? I'm like let's define these terms <laughs> because we can't efficient. have a conversation about what the thing is until we discuss exactly what we're talking about. Right. Well, this is why cinephiles <laughs> works because Steve is very Steve is very t- you know you have the <laughs> what is this yeah yeah you're very yeah exactly terms. which I love two pieces because then my way of doing it is a little more free flowing and so a, it your bounces gut off. says yeah. this exactly well, that's why lists are easy for me because they're always from my gut I know what's right for me I know what works for me and then and I'm never afraid to change it and I'm never ashamed of where I put stuff I've defended Transformers many times I've defended sure. my controversial choices or feelings about things many times and I take pride in that well you know what I think the thing is is that what you are doing which makes perfect sense is you are saying this is how I feel yeah and what I am somehow trying to do which really makes very little sense yeah. is going what is the truth <laughs> <laughs> you know what is in fact greater than what well how can you find truth in subjective medium uh, it's a, you, 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 what you say is exactly right <laughs> Well, and the other thing, I'm not worried about offending um, the movie. That seems silly. Well, yeah. But I am worried about offending people who love a movie. Uh-huh. Like, I don't want to hurt someone's... If you love this or yeah. love that, I don't want to hurt your feelings. You know, yeah. I, I, I and, and so there are things... And it was really interesting, both with Citizen Kane and just with The Dark Knight, which we just released. Yeah. There were definitely people who said, why do people say this is the best? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. And, and, and some it's people surprising. that were upset yeah. that we would say that. Yeah. You know, because... People, I mean, like what we've learned through the cinephiles, I know you've learned through top 10, people take this shit seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. Which is why I do it, because people love to also listen to people who take it seriously right. and debate it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. And break it down right. and talk about themes and talk about what it means. So I, I, I love it. Is there a highly rated, is on the top of all the lists things yeah. that you just really don't get? I know, I know there's one that you and I agree on, by the way. Which is? Gone with the Wind. Yes. Yeah. It bores me to tears. I do not understand why people revere that movie. I will never understand why people revere that movie. It is three and a half hour slog of uh, no character development, no depth, no complexity, other than Clark Gable. He's the only person. Oh, he steals I the find. show every time he comes yeah, on the. Every time. And Vivian Lee's a fantastic actress. I'm not taking anything away from her. Just I don't give a crap about her. I hate Scarlett. Yeah. She's a horrible person. She's the worst. Yeah. I don't. I don't get it. And I know so many people who don't get it. Yeah. You know, like I. I mean, I appreciate. Well, and this is the other thing. Yeah. Is that sometimes there are films as we you know that are have a certain greatness to them or have an importance. That I don't like. Okay. You know, like the the prime example of a very important film that I hate mm-hmm. is Birth of a Nation. You oh, know, yeah, there of is course. a reason why Birth, sure. of, Birth of a Nation is taught in film school. Mm-hmm. There is a, in terms of technique, in terms of what it did to the film industry, in terms of yeah. its success. And it is a horribly racist, awful film. Yes. That is a groundbreaking movie. Yeah. And, you know, same same thing could be true of Triumph of, of the Will. Um, oh, yeah. Lenny Riffenstahl about mm-hmm. the Nazi regime. That is a brilliant film that was all about how can we kill more of Steve's relatives in, in Germany. I mean, that's what that movie's about. Right. You know, but those are easy choices. What are, What is a film that like everyone reveres that you have an issue? And let me turn the question back around on you. What's a film that's an important film that everyone seems to think is important but bores you to tears? But I gave my answer was Gone with the Wind. But I will give another. No, no, one. no, no, no. But that's like we've already talked about it. It's <laughs> okay. not a new there, answer. There is one. This doesn't. This doesn't bore me to tears at all. Okay. This is a movie I genuinely like and genuinely respect. Okay. But I do not revere at the same level of everybody else, which is Chinatown. 
Ah, yes. I mean, I, I totally appreciate it. It's yes. uh, the performances are great. It's beautifully made. The script is. It's just. It's not of those seventies movies. I have to take a look at this. Yes, go I ahead, don't yeah. go back to it that much. Well, no, the way the, I would yeah. to Godfather or Network or Conversation or like twenty other films that you could name of that era. Mm-hmm. Chinatown. I've seen it five or six times, but meh. it's not your jam. No. Well, this is something that I've enjoyed from you doing film, doing this with you because you. This is a phrase that I use now. It's not my kind of film. And right. I've, so I've never used that it's phrase not my before. Movie. It's not my movie, right? And I've never used that phrase before. And to hear you use it, it's it's fantastic. Now, this is—I don't know if there's any in the top. No, is it a graduate? What the graduate? I I enjoyed watching it. Enjoyed talking about it with you. I don't know why people revere that movie as much as they do. It it's at times for me, it's a bit difficult to watch. Because the cuts and the uncomfortable close-ups and the he's he's a he's a is rich kid problems. It's right. rich kid problems sure. from beginning to end. Yeah. And then at the end, he was just he was spoiled little brat who just wanted the one thing he couldn't have. And when he got it, he didn't know what to do with it. That look at the end of the bus when they're sitting at the back of the bus. That's the thing. I I don't understand people in the graduate so much. Well, and this is and yet we had a great conversation yes, about it. And 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 well, this is the thing is like the. All of this is subjective. Yes. And there are, and, and a lot of it comes from what time in your life did you deal with this thing and who yeah. you are and what's your background and, you know, and, and it is, I mean, there are certain lists, and I will put that Collider superhero one on, sure. where I just go, this is wrong. <laughs> I remember looking at that one in particular and I went, are you kidding? <gasps> which one did you? I can't remember. I, oh, okay. I'd have to look at it again. Okay. But I just remember when I looked at it the first time, I was like, right, this is insane. Yeah. Um. But 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 other ones, like, I actually think... Sometimes a list is a good starting point for a conversation. Yes. We know that things are going to be missing. That's why I actually like the AFI 100. I think the AFI 100 is a solid. There are things on it that I don't love. Yeah. And there are things missing that I do love, but it's still like, a, yes, I, I think this is a respectful list to look at. Right. And, mo- and I will say this for all my gut feeling, for all my like going with the flow, for all my like things, my top five is are legitimately well-respected films right i don't have like major league in there or um something from something like or jaws even uh which is a fantastic film but i don't think it's a top five film ever made you know my films my top my you know citizen kane and godfather 2 and seven samurai lawrence of arabia and the fifth is always a fluid the fifth is the fluid one always yeah well are these well this is again because i'm like let's define terms yeah is this the greatest films ever made or your favorite films both okay which is the criteria for me to put in my top five. Gotcha. Yeah. They See, are my favorite films to watch over and over again, and, they, and they're and they technically incredible. Like, because I, I see, I, I struggle. I'm struggling right now going, can I give my answer? <laughs> see? Like, like, I think so Citizen, Kane, Citizen Kane, I think, is the most important film ever, ever yeah. made, but it is not as, you know, it's not actually my favorite. Right. I love it and respect it, and it probably is in my top 10 favorite films, but I don't know if it's in my top five favorite films, but I, it is... An amazing film. I don't know who you are anymore. I know. Well, we I know. I did a whole you. month on a film that you don't even have. In your because top five? I think because it is the most important film ever made, All right. and and because and, and because there are great stories about citizens. There's so much to talk about. Yeah. Like, um, and there's movies like 
Jaws is definitely one of my favorites. Lawrence of Arabia. Then we say this word great. Well, great means size yeah. to me. Great Greatness means that it has scope. Mm-hmm. And, and Citizen Kane does not have that much scope. It's a fairly small movie where Lawrence of Arabia is a huge movie. Mm-hmm. Like to when we say a great film, like a, a great epic, that's Lawrence of Arabia to me. Well, when you, you know. say epic, yes. Right, yeah. When you say great, I still think Citizen Kane qualifies because it is 80 years of a man's life. No question. So to me, that's great because well, the, the scope of it is incredible. And this is why I fall apart a little because I'm like, oh, John makes a really good point here. <laughs> you know, well, and, and this, this is- 24-year-old kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and this is this is why we did a month on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, I, I because because I'm such a- want to even handedly think through all the details, you know, about a thing, it makes me a little indecisive on, on, on making a declarative statement on what is the greatest. Do you think it's because you don't want to be wrong? Like uh, I'm sure that you're sure that's a part of it. Yeah. yeah I, I think a lot of people when they do lists are, are like, okay, am I getting it wrong by putting it here? Maybe it should be lower, but no, but I really think it belongs here. So it becomes that battle within themselves. It's right. really interesting to watch someone come up with Well, because you do you way. do it all the time yeah, and you have these yeah. guests on the show. Yeah. And it's just a natural thing for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's funny. It does make me go, I am not an unsure person right, in no. general. I have strong opinions about yes, things. You do. But declaring. <laughs> For all times, that this is the greatest car chase, or this is the. Right. It's like, wait, is it? You know. Well, you gonna- well, you know, you know. Here's one of the other ones yeah. is that, and this happens in political debate all the time these days. Is people are saying, no president in the history has ever done this, or has ever said, or this is the most this. And I'm always listening to that. And go, have you really researched this? Have you looked to see like what? James Polk did in 1847. Right. Like, right. do you really, you haven't. People just like me. I mean, my, my father-in-law, we would go out to dinner and he was a big foodie yeah. and we would go out to some restaurant and he would take a bite and he'd say, this is the greatest piece of fish I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and this is a guy who ran fish markets. Like that was his job. You see, and I cannot tell you how many times I was in a restaurant with him where he said, this is the greatest fish I've ever had in my life. And I'm always kind of like, do you remember three months ago when you said that with the, I mean, this is a nice piece of flounder, but you really like that salmon. And, and, and of course he doesn't because at that moment for him, yeah. it is the greatest piece of fish he's ever had in my in his life. And I would never say that because I, I would have to really like take a minute and go, let me think about all the fish I've ever had mentally try to compare it and go, okay, no, this is it. This, we found the best one, you know? And that's incredible. But I almost am jealous of him because he forgets the other fish he's oh, had, he so he can thoroughly he enjoy the fish in front of him. He, he, he always made that joke. The great thing about Alzheimer's was uh, was you could re-see every movie and re-eat every meal. <laughs> Fall back in love with the, with, a different, with the same woman over and over again. Yeah, sure, that too. Uh, number five is Apocalypse Now. That's my number five. It's a fantastic film. See, and that's the thing. Like Those are the films that I just know intrinsically they are my top five because I feel them and I appreciate them at the same time. And I go multiple times to see them here in L.A. because we're lucky to show they show the, 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 these films right. in theaters right. around in revival houses around town. So uh, I enjoy, but I like I said, I envy that he can experience it over and over again. That's really the joy, and really kind of um, when you talk about lists, for me, it's really that's the most important thing. No matter what you're listing, can you enjoy it over and over and over again? Right. That's the important part of 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 creating a list. Of the top things that you like of anything. Yeah. 
So um, I think that's what we think about lists. I'm <laughs> <laughs> very curious to hear what our, our patrons feel about their lists. Mm-hmm. Like, for instance, where do you list, I don't know, the finest podcasts ever made? Sure, sure. That would be a good thing to list. Um, if you have lists you want to share with us, I'm sure we'd like to hear them. And if you really want to get into lists and you are not listening to the Top 10 Show, what is wrong with you? <laughs> that is the greatest couple of hours devoted to listing stuff anywhere on the interwebs. That's very kind of you to say that. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you have any other comments, please leave, leave them on Patreon, on Patreon. And once again, we thank you very, very much for your support. Thank you. And we will see you uh, at our next Patreon talk. Hello, patrons, and welcome to a very, very special edition of The Cinephiles on Patreon. Hey, I'll tell you how this happened. I called up John and I said, hey, how about I come up with an idea to talk about on Patreon, and I won't tell you what it is, and you come up with an idea, and you don't tell me what it is. Mm-hmm. And he said, "With I would say a fair amount of trepidation. Yes. Okay. I was changing windshield wipers on my car. <laughs> I was caught unawares at the bagel shop. And uh, uh, by the way, I did figure out how to change the windshield oh, wipers. I watched a YouTube video, so... It's... I don't know how we live without YouTube videos. I've used <laughs> no, no. it all the time to do I, stuff. I think that's our dad's got lazy. Stop teaching us. Go watch YouTube. Exactly. That'll teach you. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and so Steve brought this up. So I spent the next three hours thinking about how to go about doing this. So, <laughs> and, and I'm sure wondering what I was going to ask you. Yes. This is what I would like to ask you. you is and this just one question? Well, well no. It's a, oh, okay. a whole set of questions. Is that... You know, we, we, we spent so much time, so many hours over the last two years now talking about movies on the cinephiles. And yet there is a whole other part of your life that we don't get to discuss. And I wanted oh. to ask you okay. about the Schmodown. <laughs> is that I would like to kind of Aren't people tired of this? But okay. I want I hope our fans aren't tired well, of it. I don't sure. know. I mean you 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 certainly I'm happy talk- to talk to you about it. You know, I love you to death. Let's let's do this. You certainly well, like the first question I had was yeah. like, was trivia a big thing for you growing up? Yes. Yeah, because like for me, Trivial Pursuit was the game of my family for years. Well, see, we didn't have it in my family. My parent, my mom and dad weren't about trivia, but my friends—they were, were not trivial people. They were not trivial people at all. No, uh, but my friends were about trivia. And the thing is, listen, I think some of us are born with a gift to be intelligent or to be smart, and some of us are not, and that's just life. Right. And uh, I was very fortunate to be born with a desire to inquire and to know and to question, which was irritating, I'm sure, that I have no memory of to many, many people in my life as I was growing up because, you know, I could have chosen another another lot, but I wanted to know about so many things, which is why I know about so many things. And so for me, that was where it it bore from. So then it was about challenging yourself with other people who knew about a lot of things and you'd have debates and conversations and arguments, sports, politics, uh, the world issues, what have you. I was always into it. So then when this idea of trivia came around, something called Trivial Pursuit, then you're like, what do I remember from college or from high school or from life? And so that was always fun. And then what am I weak at? Right, you know, so we, yeah. we we played it all the time, and we played at my house, and we played it so much, and my dad always won. Yeah, <laughs> I would say I would say in ten games, my dad won seven, and the yeah. rest of the family won the other three. Wow! And my so to the point where my dad's goal, because you know those of you who play Trivial Pursuit, you go around the board, you get little pieces yeah. of the pie, you go to the middle, and you win the game. My dad's goal was to go around the board, get all the pieces, win the game, <laughs> then go around the board and take out a piece at each one and go back to the middle and win it a second time before any of you before could any win. of us could win. What a terrible person. <laughs> 
I don't mean that, but what a terrible thing it was, to do. I mean, he was so good at it. Um, we played it all the time, and I always loved it. And we watched Jeopardy was always on. Oh, the yeah. House. Dad and yeah. I, Dad, that's the one thing. Dad and I yeah. always watched Jeopardy. My father was a sick addict to Jeopardy. Do you remember, by the way, I don't know if this is when we met, mm. but what do you, when can you first remember me? Because I know exactly when oh. I can first remember you. Lord, yeah, because I make, I make stupid, crazy impressions. Um, it relates to what we're talking about. That's why. That's why oh. we're bringing it up. Mm. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, I felt like I feel like we met at someone's house through Vicky. Maybe Vicky's house. I think. I here's here's my first because we 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 sort of part of the same group of friends. And right. I, and you came. I had met Mike Vogel, who's been on the show, and Mike Ross, who's yep. been on the show six months or so earlier than you moved to LA, right? Yeah, Something yeah, like yeah. that. Is that you came to a party in my house? And we played movie after movie in a big circle. Yes. And I maybe I had met you once or twice before, right. but that's the time that I really, you know, noticed you. Yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of just, oh, this is one of Mike and Mike's friends. Mm-hmm. And I oh. and you were really good. And I remember that first and, and of course I had played movie after movie with Steve Jones, who has also been on the show, and he was really good, better than me. And it was, you know, it was like, oh, here's another competitor in this realm, mm-hmm. you know. And I was thinking about it, and so clearly you had been, and you had played that game before. Oh yeah, we had played it all through college. Yeah. Um, in fact, when we went to Paris Disney when we studied in Europe for a few months in '98 through Florida State. When we went to Paris Disney to pass the time in the lines, we would play movie after yeah. movie, and then we have to all these rules like. This person has to have been in two other movies that right. were feature films, right? That, and then other people in the group have to have seen these movies to validate your right. choice. Well, and to win, and thing. to win, you have to prove that you had an answer to whatever you brought up. Yes, um, it was fascinating. For those of you who don't know I what remember. this game is, this is as simple a game as possible. Is that somebody names a movie, the next person has to name an actor who's in that movie, the next person has to name another movie that actor is in, and it goes on. And those movies have to have at least two other actors that are somewhat well known that right. that did other films that you can reverse. You can't lead someone into a dead end. No, no, into terrible independent yeah. films yeah. that, uh, you know. Yeah, and it was funny. I played a bunch with my friends Steve and Jeff and with Karen and all those people back in the Bay Area. Yeah. And Steve was always the best. And I was probably the second best. And the only advantage I had over Steve was Steve would only remember movies back to 1970. <laughs> so if I could take it into the 40s or something, then I had a chance. Otherwise, he would Ooh. beat me. And then and then you came along, and I think you and I were at a similar level. And yeah. st- you competed with Steve a bunch. Yeah. And then when I went to film school, this buddy of mine, Adam Colite, who like maybe you met once or twice, uh-huh. he was the he. It was like it was like I played college ball. Yeah. Maybe you and Jones could play NFL ball at a certain level, and then oh, Adam Colite was in the Pro Bowl. Yeah. Like he was so <laughs> good, I'd never seen anyone so good. He's the Joe Montana. Yeah. He was. Oh, uh, it was great. Wow. So, so when you when did you first start hearing about the Schmoda? Oh, uh, well, I think it was being done. Well, the thing is with Christian and I, Christian and I knew each other obviously in college, and then we would see each other every once in a while here in L.A. Mm-hmm. While Christian was working for Joel Silver, doing stuff that he was doing, you know, worked at WWE, doing a run, we would occasionally run into each other and have these conversations, catching up with each other. And so, and he would tell me about, hey, I'm starting this movie review thing on YouTube, and I was just like, what? This is what people what is do that? this. You're yeah. you're not a Roger Ebert. Like it was weird <laughs> to me at the time because remember, this is the beginnings of YouTube. Right. And I had no idea. And Christian was really smart about this kind of shit, and he always had this strange confidence in himself. You know what I'm saying? And so we'd have these conversations and he'd tell me all the time, hey, watch the show if you feel like it. But he's never he was never pushy about it, you know. Um, and so 
eventually, as things in 2014, 2015 were kind of falling apart in my life, I would say, oh, no, wait, how long ago was it? 2000, yeah, 2004, 2015, I started to like get into this stuff that he was doing. And so I would watch the Schmoes No Show. And then I would, and then I watched this like little trivia thing that they were doing. um, And it was fascinating to me because it was like his version of it at the beginning was, I could see he was trying to combine rest, professional wrestling with movie trivia, but he was doing it with guys and people, women too, who were not necessarily the big personalities. Right. They had, they had, they had an idea of what to do. JT was great about it. Finstock was great about it. Uh, Makuga as well. But there were other people who were trepidatious about it and didn't quite know how to fully 100% commit to it. And I want to break this. I would like to say this right now for anybody listening. There were plenty of women at the beginning of the Schmodown. Sasha Pearl Raver, Mary Dudakin, Tiffany Smith, uh, and, and, a, and a bunch of other ones that I, that I can't remember offhand right now. But there was it was a very even playing field. Christian made sure to make it even at the beginning that there was enough uh, to go around. And some people didn't want to play. Like now, we've asked a number of people and they don't want to play because right. they don't like the pressure of it. They don't feel the need to prove their movie trivia knowledge in a situation like this. And what we've discovered as we've gone along and as it's grown is that some people fear being terrible at it, that it could affect their standing in the film community of fans. And that's incredible to me. I mean, there's a reason Alex Trebek's not going to play a game of Jeopardy. Yeah, right. You know? Because that's a very good point, Steve. It would ruin the myth of Alex Trebek. Because he seems like he knows all the He answers. knows all the answers. Yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, what was your first match? Uh, in the big time or back in the early I don't know. Days. Well, the first time you ever played the game in front of a camera. I think it was me and Matt doing... A tag team match. Oh, really? Yeah. And um, did you do you have a a prep, a, a regimen that you do? You know, do you train? Yes, I. Uh, at the time, uh, yeah, I would like take movie trivia quizzes online, and then I would study the other player. I would watch their matches, hmm. um, and I would call, and then I would go into IMDb and like look at movie trivia and test myself in that way. And I found this website pretty early on about it mm-hmm. and it has like 12 25,000 quizzes wow of movie trivia and so i would try to test myself on all that kind of stuff um but yeah i think it i, I really would like to remember my first match i know my first notable singles match was scott man right of course and that was when we put it in the studio at collider right but before that we were doing it at after buzz and that's when we would do these uh these tag team matches and that man team top that 10 first man's one that is a moment for you yeah i mean i think that seems like an important moment in your online life oh sure that was the first time because when i first started getting involved in the online life you know people were always warning me that you know the fans can turn on you the fans can right. but fans were really nice to me when i first started fans were just like oh who's this guy oh he's like oh he's got a nice level thing about what he's talking about i was i tried really hard not to be offensive when i first started and i was at times i was stepping on my own opinions on stuff because i was right. i just kind of wanted to establish myself i didn't want to ruffle any feathers i wanted to be the nice guy in the room when i first started and so then this whole thing then then Mance and i did movie fights Right, and when we did movie fight the screen junkies, that's when this other part of me came out, and I think because I'm that way, once I feel comfortable in a situation, you're gonna let loose. Yeah, I'm gonna let be more relaxed, and 
that second movie fights at screen, we, Manson and I just went at it. And I had just come out of a CrossFit class and then showered and went straight there. So my adrenaline was, my testosterone was rolling. Right. My endorphins were way at high. So I was ready to battle. And Scott and I, and I had known, I had seen Scott before. I'd met him maybe once or twice before, but we hadn't had like these great conversations. We just kind of knew each other. And then this happened. And a strange level of respect developed develop between us because I was willing to go toe-to-toe with him. And we're both old uh, uh, old school East Coast boys. Right. And so, you know. Well, what's so funny, though, is that I know you and Scott from doing cinephiles. And you have the most, right. like, sweet, honestly loving relationship yep. with each other. I love Scott to pieces. He's an awesome guy. I and it's fight so, for him. Um, and it's so funny, the you know, that the emergence... Because, like, when did the name The Outlaw first happen? That was when, when, when we were making the change into this idea of the Schmodown... Uh, um, Christian said to me, I want to create a heel character. Right. I need a heel character to sell the show, to, to go to the next level with the show. Right. Finstock was fun, but Finstock was also, it could be at times offensive to women. So he didn't want that. He wanted something a little more old school heel-esque. Right. And because I'd watched professional wrestling, I was 10 years old. I knew exactly what he was talking about. So I remember we had this, like, I remember sitting on the edge of the couch you're sitting now uh, I had my feet on the cushions and I was sitting on the edge of the couch and I was just like talk, talking with Christian going back and forth. And he's like, and he's like, yeah, we should do something. We should do something. Like, we got to create something. And then, and then I, and he's like, yeah, like some, like the horseman, remember the horseman. And that's when my mind started going like, Oh, the horseman, right? Cowboys, outlaws. I'm a big fan of Westerns. Oh, it could be that. And I remember that I had a cowboy hat and cowboy boots that my was mom, it like uh, Robert Downey Jr. And yeah, Chaplin? it was like Chaplin. It was just like Chaplin where it was in the closet, but uh, it was just like that. And I remember I'd had the cowboy boots. I remember I'd had the, the cowboy hat from my mom had given me for Christmas in 1999 uh and i would because i was really into westerns and she did it as a gift for me which was really sweet of her custom-made boots they're 300 dollars mm. um and the hat is like 150 bucks or something like that so I, I, and i remember that and, and so i was like oh i could do that and then i remember i had dressed up as v for vendetta one oh, halloween right. and so i had the mask there and i remember the guy fox masks mask symbolizes Absolutely. rebellion totally. and so if i'm going to come in and be a heel it'll be against the establishment yeah. of all these uh, film critics and film pundits who had been in the industry for a while. And so I thought, well, if Christian's going to give me a little bit of leeway, then I'm going to do this. And so Christian and I came up with the idea of the outlaw. Uh, and it's it's like Vince and Hogan. Like, who really came up with what is always sure. going to be... And and Christian and I still still fight about this all the time, about who came up with what for our character, because we both just remember it. And there's a lot of commonality, sure. but there's some important differences. I mean, it sounds like it was a collaboration. It's a collaboration. You know, I will I mean, never he, deny that. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't have happened if he hadn't said, "I need a heel." Yes, and it can't happen unless you actually could embody the character. Right. I mean, you got to do it and yeah. have it work. Was it scary the first time you did it? Sure. Oh, it was very nerve wracking because you think people are going to make fun of you, and because yeah. you had to go full on. Yes. I mean, I've seen those early outlaw ones. You had to. Yeah. You can't just half ass be the heel, and you're stepping into a situation where people have already been established. Like Makuga, like right. JT, like Finstock, like uh, Christian, like Ellis, like like Riley. These people had already been established in the firmament of the Schmodown. Here's this guy coming in who's a friend of Christian's. And these guys have all been around Christian for years, day to day. Right. Where here I'm coming in as a friend from college, and he's handed me a show with Matt Nose, the top 10 yeah. that we're building. And so I come in and... Uh, they want me to say this terrible shit to all these people. So it immediately put <laughs> me in a bad That's light with a lot of people but that, that were around. Obviously it worked. I mean, people fell in love with you. Yeah, people outside, sure, yeah. but people inside 
I'm going to tell you the honest truth. There were a lot of people involved in the Schmodown who hated me, who didn't like me when I first started because I was so willing to tear them apart on camera yeah. and they didn't like it. It's a weird. They didn't know me. It's a weird world. Mm-hmm. I mean, like the world of, you know, I'm too sensitive on some level where it's sort of mm-hmm. like, you know, what what is real and what is not real and playing with it and having fun with it. Right. And, you know, it's like the idea of a roast. Yes. That's it. And I've watched a bunch of them, but yeah. like I, mostly that just seems like a horrible thing to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, because if, I remember I remember a good friend of ours decided to have a roast for his 50th birthday. <laughs> yeah, Paul. And I was like, if it's really real, it'll be that's the really good stuff yeah yeah but if it's really real it could hurt and how do you know exactly where to and i well i, I think and i think that's what happened and that's yeah. just between friends yeah when you roast between friends it can be right. hurt i imagine a stranger coming in and doing that and, and saying, saying here's the things. worst moments in your life let's talk about them right and christian is goading me going yes go go further right. go further because he wants to establish that sure. and christian should deserve deserves a lot of credit for those promos in terms of he would guide me a lot of the words were mine but he would give me ideas. Right. Do well, this. He was being that. a director. Yeah, he was directing me through yeah. the promos. Yeah, absolutely. And then I would do them and we they would edit them and take the best ones. And and but like I remember, and this is a little behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, Mance was the first match, big match, as I was establishing myself. But um I I didn't know what my limits were. And right. I come from a playful place. I don't mean anything I say, right? It's a play very playful in that way. But I brought up Mance's wife. Right. And at, and, uh, in the first one, in the first one, two or three times in promos. And I could, de- I could de- deliver them extemporaneously. Like if you go back to the old school movie talks and you see me doing my promos, those are all off the cuff. None of that is planned. No, you're great like that. Thank you. And yeah, it was, yeah. I, have a, I have a much harder time. <laughs> right. And so, um, Scott came to me. I remember Scott said, Hey, we have to lay off my wife. And I was like, absolutely. I'm so sorry. Absolutely. Blah, blah, blah. And so that became the rule. So, right. It, I was testing the waters out for the Schmodown. I was the guinea pig for a lot of the next level of the Schmodown. All those guys built the Schmodown, Riley, Finstock, right. JT, of course, Christian and, and Ellis and all them, and all the women involved, of course, Miri and, and Sasha, and all them built it from the ground up. But like to go to the next level, that's what he wanted. And right. he, so th- I think I had a part of that. Riley had a part of that. Merle had a part of that. Um and then eventually the Patriots as well. So we took that thing. We took it into the stratosphere together, all of us. Right. And so, um, but I was the first heel, f- full on heel. Right. And so I risked uh, um, yeah. taking a lot of shit and the yeah. fans turned on me online in a way that I'd never experienced before. And so, and I didn't know how to deal with that. Like that was a really tough thing to deal with because I had been like, everybody had been nice to me before. And now people right. were like, like, legitimately yelling at me and saying terrible shit about well, me. what's really hard is that you've created a character a character yeah and then that care and then people are saying that character is you yes and the thing is is like <laughs> i will say is that there's there's certainly some roca in the outlaw sure and there's a bit of the outlaw in roca yes you know and so there are parts of it that are you and there are parts of it that are not you right but someone on twitter they don't know that no They're just reacting to what they saw and some people would come at me in a thinking they were coming at the outlaw Right. And I'd have to be like, well, no, you're coming at me personally. Right. And so that was the thing. And then they'd be like, no, I was just coming at the outlaw. And I'm like, but I don't know you. And who the hell are you to think that you can come at me in this way? Because you saw me on a screen. Like, that's the thing that I had a hard time understanding is the fans thought, yeah. well, I, I know him because I've seen him so many times. I'm going to speak to him in a familiar way. And right. S- Steve knows this about me. And some of you listening may not know. I'm v- it's This might surprise you. I'm very private in who I give my 
friendship and attention and real connection to, my vulnerability to. So when fans were coming and speaking to me in a familiar way, it threw me off. Right. Because I don't allow that to happen in my life unless you've earned that position in my life. Yeah, me too. Yeah, so 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 I had a lot of battles on Twitter and on YouTube with those people, and it took a while. But then eventually the outlaw became like beloved because I started winning. And after the first match, that Mance match, that's the one that could have broken me, but it shaped me. The loss shaped me because it drove me Mm -hmm. to not lose again and to go get that title no matter what. And eventually I did. And so no matter what happens, I'm still the first two-time champion in terms of winning the tag team belt and the singles belt. Uh, I was the first one to win both. No one had ever won both before. And so to win both was great. And uh, to beat the greatest of all time in Dan Merle and to beat the two greatest, one of the greatest tag teams ever in the Schmoes, no, the guys who started the whole thing. Right. It was a, an accomplishment, you know. So what's uh, what's the next match you got coming? Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, the loss to Snyder kind of pushes me back down into the middle of the pack, and I'm still under this thing where I have to win three match, three singles matches in a row mm-hmm. in order to qualify for a contender or a number one contender match. Or so we'll see. I mean, for me, it's I, I ha- if I had beaten Snyder, I could have faced Bibiani, right. and then we would have fought, but. I don't know what's next. They, I, will, I almost retired, to right. be honest with you, because it's a lot. It, no, it seems really stressful. It is very stressful. Um, and you maybe you'll try it someday, and you'll see how you do. If they want me, I'll do it. Yeah, and Christian's been looking at other people to bring in, so it's certainly possible. But um, it's a hell of a world to walk into, and, and people don't understand that it's it takes a lot out of you because... People go, people get super depressed afterwards, man. I mean, no, well, that's what's, I mean, like, crazy it is a serious competition. Yeah. It is treated seriously. People put a lot into it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, that's, that's what I wanted to find out. <laughs> I want to have a little bit of conversation about All that right. other side of your world. Yeah. Um, once again, thank you everyone who gives us your support. It is very much appreciated. And if you have something you want us to talk about specifically on Patreon, please send us a message and we'll be happy to, to do more of these. All right. And I think, uh, that's it for this time. Thanks again. Hey, Cinephiles fans, this is another Patreon episode. Uh, I'm enjoying this one because this one is going to be, if you listen to the one we uh, dropped before Steve interviewed me about the Schmodown, and that gave me an idea of uh, interviewing Steve in a different way, not with one question or one experience. I found this website that has 200 questions you should ask anyone to get to know them better. Wow. Okay. <laughs> so right. I, I'm not going to ask you all 200 <laughs> questions because this is we don't have a 200 that kind of time. But I did want to. I picked out 20 questions to ask you. Oh, I like this to to like get to know you a little bit more. Because Steve and I, if you guys don't know, Steve and I have had numerous conversations, hours and hours of sure. conversations about the world, about life, about movies, about uh, both altered and unaltered about everything. I don't know what you mean by that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so. Uh, I thought, well, this is interesting. And every question I I chose is a question I legitimately want an answer from. Okay. That I don't know the answer to. All right. So um, so strap in, sit back. And these, this could be longer answers, could be short answers. It all depends. And uh, we'll see if Steve can think on, this, on the fly I as know, well. We'll and so, all right. First question is, uh, what fictional place would you most like to go to? Fictional place. Fictional place. Um, hmm. 
I, I won't ask a follow-up question, and I will just say the Starship Enterprise. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's not even a... That's like a... You'd want to be on the ship. Yeah. You'd want to be... Would you want to be one of the main crew members? Well, that was what I would like. Are there yeah. follow-up questions of do I get to change who I am? Of course you get to change who you are. Well, it depends. This is your choice. It's fictional. Right. Yeah. It's funny that you're that you're asking me questions because I have a reputation amongst our friends yes. as a question answer. Very good asker. Um, Because these rules are very, very important. Yes. yes I would like to be... Uh, being the captain of a starship... Oh, you want to that, be the captain? Sure. Why not? Okay. As as Picard said, there's no substitute for the big chair. Would you like to, would do you think you'd be a good this is a follow up. I guess do you think you'd be a good captain? Do you think you'd be Yeah. I okay. think I'd be a Are you captain. more of a Kirk or more of a Picard or I'm a I'm Cisco? probably I'm more of a Picard. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah. I, I everyone wants to be Kirk. Yeah. You know, but like I mean, you know me. I'm yeah. I'm I'm an introvert. I'm I'm more quiet. Right. I'm not gonna go out and you know, and and you know, in the modern sensibility, you know, Kirk's Punch first, ask questions later. Is that's not my actual philosophy? It's not. I mean, I love Kirk. Kirk's my favorite <laughs> captain, but I'd be more of a Picard. Fair. And I like being in the leadership. I like mm-hmm. leadership. That's why I like directing. So yes. Yeah. Fair point. All right. Next question: What is the most annoying habit that other people have? Hmm. There's so many, <laughs> so many annoying habits. I mean, like the. I would say, in, I don't know. This doesn't really qualify as a habit, but hypocrisy is the thing that bothers me the most. Okay. And, but I don't. I would. I don't think I would describe that as a habit. Um, you mean inconsistency of thought, or do you mean I, willful hypocrisy? Well, someone's saying that they believe this and acting in a way that's the opposite. Right. But what if they're not aware of it? Well, that's hypocrisy. Absolutely. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Um, uh, but I but I would say, it's funny, we just had one, which it, it's the basic, uh, the, when we were recording earlier, there was a guy revving his motorcycle right outside the window. Right. The basic lack of sensitivity to other humans' feelings. So okay. it's blasting your music. You know, you know, put cutting in line in front of people, like you know, just using their position to bully other people, like that kind of stuff that drives me nuts. So disrespect to yeah other people around. You. Well, and lack of you know, there's some people that lack just walk words. around in a fucking cloud yes. and are not aware of how they are affecting other people. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so so those things make me really angry. Okay, fair. Number three, what songs have you completely memorized? Like if you. Got up to sing karaoke. What are there any songs you know backwards? Some people know like that uh, REM song, "End of the World." As you know, right. some people know every word. Like I what, don't know every word of that song. What there's the, a lot. I mean, I oh, mean, there's a lot. Oh yeah. I mean, okay. the thing is, so I don't listen to a ton of music. Mostly, what I listen to are podcasts and audiobooks, which I listen to obsessively. Right. But the songs that I listen to as a kid are still the songs I love: Beatles songs, Billy Joel, okay. Simon and Garfunkel, Bob Marley. You know. There, so there's a bunch in those. There, There's probably, I think there's 20 plus Beatles songs that I know is backwards there, and forwards. Okay. Is there a song that when you're like in a down place or in a, in a not good place that you, like it's the first song you maybe sing to yourself or turn on the radio? I don't know about sing to myself. So so there, there are certain, so for some reason, when I've had a day and I'm heading to a party, mm-hmm. I don't know why, like when I've like, I'm stressed out and it's time to let go of everything. The Beatles album, Let It Be, is what I play. Oh. I love that album. Okay. You know, you know, I love uh, I Got a Feeling and all those songs are just... Two of Us. Yeah, Two of Us. That's a great song. Great. The, the, that whole album is just like, and it's got an up and a down because mm-hmm. you go into Let It Be and Long and Winding Road and all right. that. And it's got the little weird interstitials of I Dig a Pygmy by yeah. Charles Holtree and the Deaf Aids. Right. Phase one in which Doris gets, gets her, her oats. oats. Yeah. See, I, I mean, I know a lot of that by heart. Yeah. The um, I used to listen when I used to be angry. We'd put on Violent Femmes, you know, cool. that was like. Blister in the Sun, that kind of Oh, stuff? yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, okay. You know, the, 
But it's also like when Karen and I drove across the country, we listened to Stephen Sondheim's Sunday in the Park with George mm. over and over again. And particularly the character of George, which says so much about me <laughs> and my like emotional controlled, you know, yes. intellectual thing. So we would sing, I would sing George and she would sing Dot. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, if, you, if you've ever known Stephen Karen, they're absolutely Dot and George. Yeah. Um, I and could so, see her being like, notice me. So I don't think I know every word okay. of that, but I sang that a lot. So there's a lot. There are a lot of songs I actually Move on as well. Fucking great. Song. That song is unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, what do you consider to be your best find? My best find? Yeah. Like something that I've discovered. <sighs> oh, there's, I, I'm not sure if my... Do you want to come back one. to that one? Let me, let me think for a okay. second. All right. Um, yeah, ask me another. Maybe okay. we'll come back to it. What takes up too much of your time? Hmm... That is a really good one. Food. Oh. No, that's easy. You know, I mean, I have, a, I have a weight problem. I've always struggled with my weight. And the amount of time I spend thinking about, shopping for, wow. you know, I spend a lot of, I mean, if you look at my phone and go to Yelp, you would see thousands of restaurants bookmarked. Because when I hear about something interesting, I'll put a bookmark. So I have restaurants bookmarked in Cleveland, God. just in case I'm ever there. Nice. You know, um, which is why I'm a good person to ask about where to get a certain kind of food. Next time I go on dates, yeah. I'm going but to I, you know, and I, and I love to cook. I mean, you know where I was before I came here? No. I was at the farmer's market because oh. I have the good egg guy, so I'm getting good eggs. And it's like, and, and on the one hand, this sounds positive. And on yeah. the other hand, I'm way overweight, you know? So food, yeah, 100%. You love food? I do. Yeah. Uh, all right. What do you wish you knew more about? Oh, well, this is an interesting one for me. I mean, I, I spend my life... Learning is my favorite thing. Mm -hmm. I learn constantly. What do I wish I... I chose these questions well. You did. Um, what do I wish I knew more about? Um, it's really the, you know, the finding the answers to the meaning of life. I mean, that's... <laughs> I mean, the whole point of studying art and literature and politics and philosophy and science and biology and all the right. things that I'm really, really interested in is trying to find the answer, those deep answers. And like one of the biggest ones is looking at the way the world works today, trying to figure out how to solve the problem. Yeah. Cause I think a lot about it and it's really, you know, the problem is obviously unsolvable. Yeah. So that's my answer. I mean, okay. Yeah. I have a follow-up question. Okay. Really quickly. If you did find the meaning of life, do you think you'd sink into a deep depression? Cause you found it and your journey is over. I don't. Okay. I don't, I don't think so because I think, um, I mean, I don't know what the meaning of life is, <laughs> so it could be, it could be, it could be really bad. Yeah. I mean, there's a Hoover has a, who we've talked about lots on the show, but Hoover's expression is the cerebral curse, which is the cerebral curse is tends to be it's true. The people that know most about the shit are the most depressed people. Yes. Philosophers. And you know, the more you dig into how humans work, the worse it gets. I think that's the key to my depression, to be honest with you. Yeah. Once you understand, like, because there's a great line in Annie Hall when, like, he's the when he's the kid and he's having that uh, guy. He's like existential crisis. Yeah, existential crisis. Like the world's ex the universe, universe is, expanding. is expanding. So what's the point? And his mom goes, "What business is that of yours?" <laughs> yep. And I'm super jealous of the people that are like, "What business is that of yours?" No, ignorance is bliss. There is yeah. some definite truth to the more you think about shit, the worse it gets. Yeah. But I also think that. Like I had an epiphany. It's too hard to explain, yeah. but but it's sort of the the. Can you sum up? Let me sum up. I'm not trying to sum up. It's really hard. <laughs> the, the, the idea the idea of this theory. By the way, my name you get playa names when you go to the yes. to, to Burning Man. Ugh. My playa name is Theory. That makes sense. It, it's a really good name, and this theory is called Good is Good. And what it basically means is that the, we have this word good, and we have a lot of different definitions for it. And one definition is the moral good, good versus evil. Right. There's the definition of good for you. 
In other words, this has a positive effect on something. Yes. And there's another definition, which is this tastes good, this feels good. Right. So I'm having a positive experience. And and my theory, my belief that I would I would like to fill out, if I could understand the meaning of life that maybe I could prove whether or not this is true, is that there should be a unification between that which is morally good, what that which is um, good for you, and yeah. that is which is a good experience. Okay. Is that is that things that doing good things for other, taking care of your mm -hmm. body, all of these things should make you feel good, right. should be morally good, and should uh, be good for you. Okay. And so like that is a, so my belief, you asked me, is if you found out the meaning, if I can prove that good is good is true, well, then the meaning of life would be essentially positive. That's good. Yes, it is so good. Speak. Yeah, okay. All right. Uh, this is a quick one. What's your go-to band or artist when you can't decide on something to listen to? Beatles. Beatles, good. What shows are you into right now? So we were watching The Handmaid's Tale. Is it good? It is fucking great. Yeah, Perry said the same thing to me. She goes, you of all people would fucking love this show. But it is okay. really hard. Yes, yeah, she says, it you is. can't binge it. No, it, you'll, no. It'll destroy you. We watched two episodes a couple of nights ago, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Because right. it is. But I mean, just- Maybe I'll start it today. So just in terms of the filmmaking, the cinematography and the look of it, there are shots where you'll just go, this is unbelievable what I'm seeing. Okay. But and it is fucking- horribly brutal okay but it's really good what tv channel doesn't exist but really should mm. it's so funny because tv channels are sort of a thing of the past like that whole how dare you sir i know you still you because you still talk about i saw this on tv yes that's still a thing for you yeah, of course it is i don't i don't go to channels yeah um so what tv channel should, i'm kind of trying to think of what i would have wanted so like high school college me would have wanted all kung fu all the time okay that, i want all martial arts that's all I wanted to watch. You, first, okay, right? so would you want an all martial arts like movie channel? No, because and then also like like teaching you how to do it. But, uh, so first of all, I just wanted to see all the Hong Kong kung fu stuff and all the stuff that was hard to get right. in the late eighties and early nineties. So that's the the first thing. The, okay. The second thing, I don't watch that much of that stuff anymore okay. because I'm not who I was, you know, right. twenty years ago. So what's your answer? Um, I don't I don't have one because I have there's so much stuff. Like, like, because the implication of it, just, I'm sorry to argue with the question. It's, right. it's, <laughs> it's standard you. That's all right. It's fair. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, the, the, it used to be that you needed a, a network to provide the things that were within that certain yes. theme. So you would have the golf channel or you would have yeah. the comedy channel, whatever. Now it's like in my phone at this moment, there are 19 books to listen to that I haven't listened that are new. Plus, I decided to re-listen to about 10 other ones. Wow. So I have 30 books waiting for me. I subscribe to 20 plus podcasts. I have plenty of stuff. You know what I mean? Right. There's 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 Netflix and Hulu queues and Amazon wishlist and all this stuff where it's like, I'm not lacking in things I want to watch that are not available to me. Right, right. I am lacking in time to do all the stuff I want to do. So yeah. I'm not looking for a channel. Yeah. <laughs> I got okay. plenty. All right. Uh what is something that is considered to be a luxury, but you don't think you could live without? Something that is considered to be a luxury that I don't think I live with. I'll give you a small one, and then maybe I'll think of a bigger one. Okay. I like a nice shower. And in California, <laughs> there are rules luxury. There are rules that you have to have the water regulator thing Ugh. to have a low-flow shower. I refuse to do I that. I took that shit out. Me too. Because, and I don't take a long shower, but it's really, we built a really nice shower in my house. It is, like, so, so... I, this, this, and I would say, what else, what else would I say about luxury? Um, uh, I don't know. I, I was here. Here's the biggest one. Uh, time. 
is okay. private time, the time to myself. Those are those are restaurants are election. Yes. Yeah. You live without restaurants. No. Yeah. No. And that's it, the answer. Yeah. Well, and it's funny. I mean, because I love the, the a taco stand. Yeah. I've been, sure, I've been to like I, I like the whole range. You have guilty pleasures, man. Yeah. What's your favorite genre of book or movie? Um, probably different between book and movie. Okay. My favorite genre of movie is really the adventure of some kind. Okay. You know, whether it's Raiders of the Lost Ark or Star Wars or sure. science fiction or, you know, like I, I like a story that has action to it. Okay. But, but hopefully it's a, about more than that. Okay. Uh, in books, I mean, I read everything uh, from all sorts of different genres, but probably historical fiction is my favorite. Historical fiction. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I read nonfiction. I read You've read of- The Alienist. Uh, I've not, I've not read the Alienist. It's on my list, recommended by you. It's one of those books in there that I have. Damn it, Steve! Yeah. It'll blow your mind. Yeah. All right. What is the most annoying question that people ask you? What is the and I put this in for you students from film, but it could be anything. No, I'll give you the big one, and you've had this okay. question too. I don't get it as much anymore. Oh. Which is the how's your career going? Oh, question. God. It's the yes. fucking worst. Yeah. You know what's happening with your my script, my movie, my project, yes. my editing, like. Oh, uh, it's horrible. Okay. It's so painful. That's a great uh, answer. If you were dictator of a small island nation, what crazy dictator stuff would you do? I'm not very crazy. <laughs> I'm really not. Yeah, but you're, you're persnickety as fuck sometimes. <laughs> so, and I mean that as lovingly as possible. Um, so you may not think it's crazy, but other people might see it as um, I, Are you aware, self-aware of any crazy, like... Well, I'm crazy. I'm crazy about my things that I'm doing, right? Um, and I'm trying to think of how that would translate to me being dictator. Now, because, think about it, you're being dictator everywhere you go. See, I don't like telling people. I, 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 I part of my country would be a lot of freedom. Oh, you know what I mean. Okay. Like I believe in. I'm not a libertarian, but I believe right. that people get to live their lives how they want to live their lives. Okay. But and. and Oh, hmm. Here's here's probably the thing that people would like the least out of me. I'm not. I don't believe there's a level of richness that I don't think people need to get to. Yeah, there's a certain. So you would restrict people from achieving a certain level of wealth. I wrote a blog once, sort of jokingly, um, and I wrote it as sort of a joke. But okay. the, the subject of the blog was the, a maximum wage. Like this, what if you had, this was the most, and I think it was $5 million a year, Right, is that nobody needs to make more money than $5 million a year. And if you're making, and that's it, we just cap it. Right. Um, and it's funny, after I wrote it somewhat jokingly, more I thought about it, I'm kind of like, maybe I'm not joking so much about that. Mm. I re- If you can afford to buy a jet in cash, I am not worried about you. <laughs> that's sort of my- I think that's fair. That's sort of my feeling. Okay. Yeah. What is something you think everyone should do at least once in their lives? Hmm masturbate oh what no i don't know what if you're a woman well i suppose you can masturbate. <laughs> sorry i thought it was called something else sorry my apologies i am um, randomly stupid sorry um what do i think people should do at least once in their life um i well here's here's my answer it's my, maybe not exact answer to this question is because i think it's more than once in your life i think you need to talk to people you don't agree with i think you need to go right. out of your comfort zone and you need to go to a place or meet with some people and be in an environment mm-hmm. which is not where, like, you know. Sarah Silverman's show was about that. It's really good. I haven't watched that. You haven't watched good. that Being I America? I like her a lot, yeah. You, you, that show, you will love it. She purposely walks into places that she does not believe in and asks them questions. And isn't yeah. condescending and isn't mean no. and has honest conversations with them. I think that is so important. Yeah. Like, I learned that. Um, from I learned that from Hoover, mm-hmm. you know, because I suddenly was talking to all these guys from Afghanistan, some of whom have been in the Taliban, and like yeah. going, oh, "Oh shit, I don't, 
this is a whole other world. Wow. You know, and, and trying to, and not that you're going to end up agreeing with yeah. that person. Right. But it humanizes them and it expands the way you see the world. Yeah. You know? I agree. Like that's good. It makes it more worldly. Yeah. All right. What is something that a ton of people are obsessed with, but you just don't get the point of? The biggest one is people that think, you know, I have my theory, good is good. Yeah. Bad is good. People who want to go to see the room or see some bad oh, terrible movie. movies. Yeah. Or watch like Sharknado or things like that and like live tweeted. I'm like, I don't understand. Like, like the idea of, 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 of lionizing crap is like, it, to me, it's like a fucking cancer on society. That's what but I did think. Did you enjoy The Disaster Artist? I didn't go see it. Oh. Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, maybe I could enjoy that because I think it's you a, could enjoy it because I mean, uh, I've never seen the room and I enjoyed the shit out of that movie. Because I, what I hate is because, and I remember I got in an argument with our friend Mike Ross about mm. this once because he posted because he he is like the master oh, yes. of finding the room. these oh these, yeah uh, just random weird video you know like some about it. some RV guy doing terrible commercials or yes. whatever you know like all these horrible tiptoes that yeah. movie tiptoes yeah and he'll say, and I remember once he posted something he says isn't this brilliant and I went hold on. You can like it. You could think it's funny. You could send it to your friends. You cannot say this is brilliant. This is a person who is right. getting exactly the opposite reaction. You know, if you do something terrible and someone else thinks it's funny, that doesn't mean it's brilliant. Right. You can still think it's funny. It gets me so mad <laughs> because, and the reason it gets, I'm kidding, now you got me a little passionate, yeah, but the do, reason yeah. it gets me so mad is that I've worked really fucking hard to make something good. Yeah. And making something good is hard. It takes effort and time and attention to detail. And to, 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 to praise someone for doing something awful is, and give them lots of money is terrible. Yeah, this is something Steve and I have battled about before and legitimately battled about before because Steve is very particular about how he wants the cinephiles to be and the level of the audio level. Like yes, he is good. very, re- yes, good, sure. <laughs> but good is a subjective term. And sure. so, but to him, this is what he does. And I'm, I've always been like, well, People will love it if they... Matt and I do almost no editing and people right. love the show on the Top 10 show. It's a different show. It's what that show so, is. And I love but, the Top 10 show. And I appreciate yeah. that very much. And it, But like, but the Cinephiles is something else because it is, it's what you want the sh- show to be. Oh, obviously what we want the show to be, but like sure. you edit the show, you put all those clips in, you put that stuff in, so and you want it to sound a certain way. And I've always said to Steve, and much to Steve's chagrin at times, it's about the personalities. People give a shit. You can record it in a basement with hot, with echo. People wouldn't care. It's the personalities. But that to you is so abhorrent that you would never agree to do something like that. No, you, and I respect that, and I'm so, not judging. So, so it's not the sound quality so much. I mean, like obviously, I believe in getting the best sound quality you can right. get. If we had to record an episode in the basement, we would record an episode in the mm-hmm. basement. If we had fine. to, right? If we had to, there's no reason not to put a little bit of effort into getting yeah. good sound quality. But no, it's actually the editing of because right, the clips be, in and stuff. Yeah, because there is a uh, there is a magna, emotional magnification that can happen when something is edited in just a certain way yeah you know and this is this is where you get into it's like i think absolutely people come to the cinephiles for a great conversation yes that's what that's what the show is and and there's a point like i could edit twice as long and i could make the show 10 percent better right but there's a level of diminishing returns and there's a certain point where it's like the liveness and joyfulness of the live conversation would go down right if i tried to make it you know, it's like going to see a live concert, you know, a live concert or listening to a live performance of an artist versus hearing that studio performance. Right. Is that 
is that there's something you get with George Martin and the Beatles working for a whole bunch of time, making it just perfect. Right. And there's something else you get seeing like Bob Marley perform live. Right. That's different, you know? Right. And, and it's thing is there's every once in a while I can get in the, I don't know if you listen to the, we just did the gladiator one. I don't mm-hmm. know if you listened to part two yet. I worked really hard on the end of part two. Yeah. There's a lot of fancy editing in there that hopefully no one was noticing much of, you know, in fact, there's one we recorded, a piece of it later when we did Ben Hur, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I intercut it with the what we had originally recorded. It took oh, a lot wow. of time, and so there's a moment where you said, uh, "Can I rebut?" Yeah, and you said that when we did the re-record in here when we did the ben Hur one right but what you're saying can i rebut to is actually something we recorded at my house yes so that and it and hopefully it was edited seamlessly so you won't know those two things together but that was how to get oh that's great the most out of kind of you know and 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 no one you know part of the job of the editor is that nobody notices that i did it you know but there is and one of the things i found that i like in the cinephiles and i think people really respond to Mm. is when they say i was moved yeah and a lot of that comes from how the clip is integrated with our conversation. I agree with that completely. Yeah. A yeah. thousand percent. All right. Uh, what's the best thing that happened to you last week? Hmm. It's <laughs> the best thing. So yesterday, so, so this is not the best thing. Right. Jack's got pink eye, um, which sucks. Um, and it took a couple of, so he came home on Friday afternoon and his right eye was almost swollen shut. Oh. And I was like, oh, God. And then we had to cancel play dates. And then he was supposed to be at a birthday pool party today. We had to cancel that. And he was also being punished because of some bad behavior. So he had no TV or uh, iPad or any t- stuff like that yesterday, even though he was sick. And normally when he's sick, he gets to watch more stuff. And so I'm sitting there yesterday afternoon after we came back from the doctors going, man, what are we going to do today? And I suddenly went, let's go to medieval times. No! <laughs> so we took our kid with pink eye. Nice. Because he was feeling fine. It's right. just his right eye was almost swollen shut. And we went to medieval times and it was so much fun. Okay. And he got a light up sword and he's like, I want to be a warrior. And he loved our night. And he, it was, we had a ball. That's great. All right. Uh, what's something you've been meaning to try, but just haven't gotten around to it? Mm so much it's like the list of tv shows and movies i have not watched in the last 10 years we're running out of time so, you gotta pick one uh something i've been meaning to try it doesn't have to be tv shows running they could be anything no i know i'm, th- I'm thinking shark cage <laughs> <laughs> yeah um uh yeah i don't know i can't come hand up with- gliding I had too dangerous. Okay. I need to do that. Okay. I don't think I want to jump out of a plane. I know a lot of people. Oh, you did it, right? I'm going to do it. You're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, Perry and I are going to do it for one of her blogs. Oh, wow. I'm so scared because I, I have a fear of heights. Yeah. So I'm really fucking scared, but I gotta. I want to do it just yeah. to see what happens. Yeah, I don't. I'm so scared. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I really want to go to Japan. Okay. I've never been to Japan. Boom. That's all right. I, I like Tokyo specifically or all over? The whole, whole thing. Good. Yeah. What piece of entertainment do you wish you could erase from your mind so that you could experience it for the first time again? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I have only one answer. And I've yours always, is Citizen King? Yep. I've always had yeah. one answer. Um, uh, mine's Lawrence Arabia. Oh, nice. Yeah. Good choice. What amazing thing did you do that no one was around to see? Oh, it happens all the time. Yeah, everyone has that one moment. Everyone no, has. I think I, I think we were just talking about it. Okay. Ed, editing is the probably the one ah. because magical things happen when you're editing, and 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 because editing is such an unsung. You know, when I was yeah. doing the documentaries, and there 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 is I've now explained it. There's one sequence in the shark documentary that is essentially completely false, constructed out of multiple moments that I put together to create something, 
And I and I really think it's seamless. And no one was there when I was. And and if you watch the movie, yeah. the hope is that you would never ever know that it existed. Right. So I think you know, there's a lot of editing. It's always a crime to me that editors aren't revered in the same way as directors and actors. And but I mean, you can't terrible. be. I mean, it just because it, it's hard. It's a really hard art to understand. Yeah, it is. You're right. What am I? Uh, yes. What? Okay. Two more. Two last ones. What quirks okay. do you have? Okay, it's a long list. Uh, what quirks five, do I have? Five. Five quirks. Uh, I have some social anxiety, yes. depending on the circumstances. Um, I let's see, what's a let's see. Uh, I don't like you're sitting here wearing socks. Oh, and no shoes. Yeah. No, no, no. You can have them up. No, no. I never. You'll never see me just wearing socks. Almost never. Really? I don't. I w- I love to be barefoot. I'm barefoot Fair. all the time. Respect. Um, I the the biggest quirk is the constant headphones in my ears. No, oh. because I'm always I, I I Karen will laugh at me, but if it's like I need to go upstairs to to get a glass of water, I will listen to my book for 45 seconds. Wow, yeah, I'm, it's constant. That's incredible. I I'm that way about music. Yeah, Thad at work came up to me one day and he's like, "How many fucking pairs of headphones do you own?" And I go six, because I never want to be without them. And every place that I go to has a headphone set in it. Like I have something in my car, in my house, at work. Everywhere. I have two sets right on me right now. Do you? Yeah, because right. I have I have these, my AirPods, yeah. which I love, yeah. but they're dying and one ear is really quiet. And then I have a wired pair in my pocket in case these die. Are the AirPods great? I have... I, Fucking great. Really? But it's dying now. I mean, that's okay. after constant use for you. Okay. I haven't used them yet on my 10. Once Because I have those Bose ones and those Bose are the, Those are wireless ones? The Which the one? The Bose. But I have wireless and... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wireless. Both yeah, wireless. It's probably the same. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Okay. All right. Uh, is it one more quirk or is that it? Uh, okay. So many more. Last question. What movie title best describes your life? Okay. Um, die Hard. <laughs> um, um, let's see. You can take it. It's the last yeah, one. No, it's a, well, a it's a tough two. one. I'm running through like a, a bunch of my name in my mind. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. It's like, I want to say like the unbearable lightness of being. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. Have you answered this question for yourself? <sighs> no. Yeah. Apocalypse Now, probably. Oh, Jesus. That's I'm probably sorry. my, it's probably describes my life. Um, Dr. Strangelove. <laughs> <laughs> that's, I like that. Um, I think that's a great choice if you want to go with that. Oh, there's, isn't there one called The Search for Intelligent Life? Yes. It's the, um, yeah, it's the, isn't that uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to Exa- Galaxy or the Search yeah. for, or is that the Lily Tomlin one? You're it's thinking? the Lily Tomlin one. Yes. That uh, was a movie that counts. It's a movie. So I've, I've never seen it. But Search for Intelligent, a, what signs of intelligent life in the universe. Signs of intelligent life in the universe. Okay. Yes, that's going to be I my like answer. It. Well, there you go, uh, Cinephiles fans. You've just heard a nice interview. Uh, well, at least my, I think it was a nice interview. I liked uh, it. Yeah, did you enjoy it? Was this good fun? Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, uh, Steve, you get to know a little bit more about Steve Morris. You know, he's not just the soothing voice you hear talking and guiding you through these movies and also giving you a wealth of film knowledge, technical film knowledge, that if you're a film student, you get what he's talking about. Uh, There is other sides to Steve Morris, and hopefully you got a nice glimpse of why we're friends because those those sides of him are interesting. And I got to know some more as well, which was great. Uh, Any last things you want to say, Steve? No, thank you. This was a lot of fun. I kind of wonder maybe someday we'll turn these questions around on you. Sure, sure. Uh, Maybe I'll look. Send me a link to the list. And I'll pick my own 20. 20. Okay. Yeah. Some of them, maybe they'll be the same. Maybe they won't. (laughs) I'm down with that. All right. Uh, All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening to us and uh, for being patrons. We really appreciate it.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.